I'm former Congressman Gary Franks. And I'm his son, Gary. I'm millennial. We're discussing everything from politics to sports and pop culture. From very different perspectives. We speak frankly. Welcome back. How you doing, Gary Jr.? I'm doing good. How are you doing? Good. You know, I got after praise you, Gary. You did very well on the selections of the selection of the uh, reserves. Obviously, we talked about the uh, starters uh, not too long ago, last week or so. But I was very impressed that you nailed every single one of them in the Western Conference. And we all kind of fumble in the Eastern Conference, so we could talk about how they messed up and we got it right. But anyhow, uh, just want to commend you on. <laughs> on the reserves first. You got all, got all of them right. I, I couldn't come up with Donovan Mitchell last time, but once you mentioned him, I said, oh my God, how do I miss him? And you're absolutely right. He he was definitely one of those guys that should be mentioned kind of early with his 25-point-per-game scoring average on a team that's fourth best. But we want to talk about that, But and then I'll, I'll uh, we'll talk about the standings, and then we'll move on and continue to talk about basketball for this week. Any comments about your your oh. what you did up in, in the in the uh, Western Conference, and then we could talk about the Eastern Conference and how they messed up, and we got it right. <laughs> well, yeah, well, of course, uh, yeah. I mean, the Western Conference, I felt like this year was very easy, and I think that's because of the fact that Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, well, Paul George got hurt, and Kawhi Leonard hasn't played all season, because that's a guy that would take, um, you know, those those two guys would take spots away. From the and, guys we just mentioned, and Anthony Davis would take a, a you know a spot away. That's so true. because of that, it made it a lot easier this year. And the fact that Clay Thompson's just coming back from his injury, <laughs> that's so there's true. a few guys yeah. that's true. You know, that that took away. Oh, and Damian Lillard, we can't forget yeah, about him either. That's absolutely He's another right. guy. He's a, you're right. That would be there. You know, and you know that kind of changes everything here. So uh, the Western Conference, they got it right. You know, these are the guys that I think the fans want to see um, as well. I've mm-hmm. heard some people say that, uh, you know, Murray from the Spurs, uh, you know, he he had a, uh, you know, a legit chance. But the problem is when it comes to the All-Star game, there's two things that we need, and this is something that we're going to talk about in the Eastern Conference in, a, in literally a few minutes. You have to have the name, number one, and you have to have the quote-unquote excitement. Hmm. Now he has the excitement, but he doesn't have the name yet, and yeah, that's the yeah. one issue with him and being it, an alternate team. Plus, the team's not winning, but that's not his fault because the Spurs are a rebuilding team right now. That's so true. to me, you know, when it comes to the reserves, I care a little bit less about you winning. I care more about are you putting up All Star numbers, and I believe he was averaging about nineteen eight. Eight and eight, you know, somewhere he, he you know, was, in that range. Yeah, Gary, he was averaging uh, nineteen point six, getting uh, eight point four uh, rebounds a game, uh, and that ranked him number twenty six on the rebounding list, and getting nine point two assists a game. I think he's going to fill in for for uh, Draymond Green, though. I, I don't see how they don't. I know Draymond made the you know he's not he was selected as as one of the. Reserves, but he's not playing until uh, he's not playing basketball until after the All Star break. Uh, I, I I would hope they put put uh, Murray on the on the reserves uh, because uh, you know he to me uh, you look at his numbers and I agree with you. But the Spurs are having for for 
rebounding year, rebuilding year. They're having a great rebounding year for, for uh, you know, they're getting restructured. That, that, that's all you can say. And and he, he shouldn't be blamed for their record. And and quite frankly, you know, the Spurs are they're, they're in 12th place, which is not too, too far away from being able to be in that stupid wild card, whatever they call it, game. So um, I agree with you there. I agree with you. But you, but you nailed them all. I, you, you nailed them all. Can I say so, this as well mm-hmm. real quick? Yes. Maybe this is a pet peeve. But I don't like the fact that Draymond Green is doing uh, you know, media work as he's playing. I don't like no. that. And the reason why I don't like it is because it's, um, the media votes for a lot of these awards. And with him being buddy-buddy with the media, it sends a bad message, in my opinion. And I don't think that that's something – that they should do. There's plenty of retired players that can do what Draymond Green is doing right now. Now, I have no problem with him doing it during the, you know, during the playoffs. If his team, like last year, the Warriors were not in the playoffs, I had no problem with him doing it then because he has, you know, his team's not in it. It doesn't really matter. But for him to be there after doing all the All Star selections, I just felt that was that was odd. You know, Gary, I, I, I did too. I, I I saw it and I said, well, this is kind of peculiar. I, I agree with you. I think that's inappropriate. I, I, I can't call it conflict of interest, but it is kind of a conflict of interest. You know, he's, he's talking about his replacement, and he was saying that Murray should be his, but you know, it just doesn't doesn't fly right. Uh, when you either, you're either a player on the roster and the, your team is competing, and you do not become a member of the media, <laughs> or you're a member of the media, and you're not playing. And so, uh, I agree with you wholeheartedly. And it, it was, to me, a little awkward uh, especially when I think Charles and 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 Kenny were saying, you know, you shouldn't be surprised we wouldn't have you on here if you weren't on the if you weren't going to be selected as a reserve. We're not that mean. I think Kenny said to have you on the show. And they said, oh, by the way, you didn't make it. You know, they weren't going to do that. I, it was it was just kind of awkward. And I hope that they uh, revisit that next time and don't do that again. I, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. But well, I, mind you, let me say this as well, just real quick mm-hmm. again, is that I had no problem with him being on if it happened after they did the selections. That's normal. Yeah. And that's, you know. Oh, I see your point. And that yeah. would, that's, and that's that would be to. kind of the same thing that Kane Smith was saying, is that we wouldn't want to have you on if you weren't selected, which is true, because that's what yeah. they do ahead of time. But yeah. he should not be there for the Eastern and Western Conference. Um, well, you know, it's not even that anymore. But the All-Star um, selections, he should not be there talking about who should be on and who shouldn't be. Yeah. That just doesn't feel right to me. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you, Gary. And now uh, let's talk about the East before we get into the n- next step of the All Star process, which I think is the most bizarre aspect, one of the more bizarre aspects of what they're doing in the new, I don't know what you call it, silver era, silver LeBron era. Maybe you should call it that. Um, let's talk about the East. And on the East, Gary, um, you know, we, we showed a lot of, at least I did, I think you did as well, a lot of love for the uh, Charlotte Hornets. I mean, they, they have two guys who maybe yeah, cancel each other out, but they should have had one of the two, in my estimation, on the All-Star team. And that, and that is Bridges and LaMelo Ball. I think both of them are having All-Star-like seasons. And to, uh, to admit both of them, to me, was a hard swallow, especially when you look at one of the people that replaced that that did get the nod, that being Chris Middleton. Now he's living off of his, you know, obviously they're the defending world champs, that being the Milwaukee Bucks. 
But LaMelo beats him in every category. LaMelo has a higher scoring average, 19.6. Granted, 19.6 and 19.5, almost the same. But it's higher. Then you have uh, rebounds. LaMelo, LaMelo Ball is getting 7.1 rebounds. Middleton, 5.6 rebounds. Then you look at assists. LaMelo Ball is getting 7.5 assists a game. Tenth in the league. Middleton, 5.3. So I, you know, when you look and you you say, well, well, look at the records. So you know, the Bucks are doing so well. Uh, Greek Freak. Uh, <clears throat> I think they have a pretty solid team, and they also have uh, Two Holiday, who's doing very well, also. So they have a number of uh, horses there, and and the, and the Hornets, the Hornets are twenty eight and twenty six. They got a winning record. They're right in the thick of things. Uh, beat the Lakers the other day. I lo- love to see that, and they. Um, they should have they should have had at least one individual on there. Now I could talk about Bridges as well. Bridges was also having, I think, an all-star. So Bridges is having a great year. He's averaging a little bit more than than the Mellow Ball at nineteen point seven points a game. You know, they're they're two young players who are playing extremely well. I don't think Milton deserved to get on there. Now the other choice that they had was that they had Van Fleet. Van Fleet, you know, is averaging twenty one point six points a game. On a team that's uh, not doing that well, and um, the other person is Garland. Now Garland is—I I like that pick. I think we talked about Garland as well, Gary. Uh, so uh, Garland's not a bad pick, but I do have a problem with um, with Middleton. So I do—I think Middleton should have been replaced by either Lamelo Ball or by Bridges. So, uh, based off the way that the format is. Uh, there's two guards, three forwards, and two wild cards. So Chris Middleton was one of the forwards. So Lamelo Ball could not replace Chris Middleton. It would have to. It would have had to have been uh, Miles Bridges, okay, or Tyler Hero, mm-hmm. which I personally believe both those guys should make it. First off, Chris Middleton's not an All Star. He he never was an All Star player. The reason why that he was, you know, the reason why he made the All Star teams is because the Bucks were winning so many games, because. I can make the strong argument if I take Giannis off the team, is Chris Middleton gonna make the All Star team? No. There's no way. Because no. they wouldn't have those wins. Right. So he wouldn't make the all-star team. So is he an all-star? The answer is no, he's not. But you know, they there's certain guys that, that the media and the coaches, well, you know, the coaches voted for him. But there's certain there, there's certain players that the media and coaches love, which goes back to my Draymond Green conversation, is that mm-hmm. it doesn't look good. Van Fleet uh, is one of those guys that the media and coaches love. I don't think he's that great. You know, you know, I think he's a good player. Is he better than LaMelo Ball? No, he's not, right? So should he make the team over LaMelo Ball? No, he shouldn't. I don't think the Toronto so Raptors have The Toronto Raptors actually have, in my opinion, they have a, a little bit of a better team than the Charlotte Hornets, and they have, most of the guys that won the championship, besides Kawhi Leonard and, and Kyle Lowry, everybody else is the same, basically. Yep, that's so right. So they should actually be doing a little bit better than what they're doing now. Now, I'm not saying that they should be, you know, world beaters. That's not what I'm saying. But, you know, Pascal Siakam made the all-star team two years ago. It's not that they don't have all-star talent on their team. The Charlotte Hornets have no all-stars on their team, besides Gordon Haywood, who never plays. So – the Charlotte Hornets deserve to have at least one guy in there. And also, I got to say this, too, because, you know, Charles Barkley brought it up. They're too small. They are flat out too small. The fact mm. that, you know, 
I believe we both put Jared out in the All-Star game in the Eastern Conference, and there's a reason for that. You can't have an All-Star game with one with one conference having three centers or two centers, all, you know, at reserve, and the Eastern Conference has zero centers. Like, there has to be at least one guy that was a big man that deserved to make the All-Star team this year. And, for, and that's the issue with the two-guard, three-forward format. By eliminating the center position, and I get it, you know, they want to, um, boy, you know what? You know, we're going to throw a lash out to Draymond Green today, I guess. But the positionless basketball started with the Golden State Warriors with Draymond Green. That doesn't mean that every team has a guy like Draymond Green. They don't. A lot of teams have a center. So centers should be used in the All-Star game and should be there. But I think the Eastern Conference is too small, and I think they got it completely wrong. Uh, I think the, the few people they got right, James Harden, Zach Levine, Jason Tatum, they got those right. Yeah, but the other guys, I don't see. You know, Darius Garland. I can see him being an All Star, but I think there's other guards that you could put in there. Yeah, over him. Yep, I agree. I agree. Now, question for you, Gary. Now, this is where it gets crazy, because now we're at the stage where you have two captains, and we play so-called YMCA ball, or we play um, schoolyard ball, or whatever you want to call it. Uh, I have Nets ball. So you have two captains, and they can pick. How does it work now, Gary? They can pick from both sides, right? right? So even though LeBron's in the technically in the West, he'll be the captain, I'm sure, of the West, he could still pick players from the Eastern Conference, right, and vice versa. So there's no West and East anymore. The West See, that's, Okay. So, so, thank, so thank you, Mr. I know, Silver. That I know, was, that, that's I, such a screw-up. That is so stupid, okay? That's the only word that can can explain that setup you destroy the whole heart of us of an all-star game you're making it a pickup game why oh you got it right and for the last 30 years 40 years 50 years in nba they were wrong they were all wrong because you have it right no they were right and you're wrong what you're doing is stupid now if you ever ask the fans we will tell you it's stupid no one wants to see that. No one wants to see players from the East play for the team on the West. And players from the West play for teams on the East. It's not a all-star game. It's a pickup game. Why don't you just bring out the Harlem Globetrotters and have the Globetrotters play them? I mean, why? Well, this makes no sense. Makes absolutely, absolutely no sense. No sense. It's like Willie Mays playing for the American League in baseball. We ever see that? No, because it's stupid. It doesn't work. Mickey Mantle playing for the National League. No, because it's stupid. And what you're doing now, Mr. Silver, please test it. Do some market research on it. Because I think the fans would want to to tell you that the East should be the East and the West should be the West. I know the problem you have. LeBron always wants to win. And that's why you're doing it like this. He will get the first pick, which gives him an advantage. And you've been doing that every year because it's the, it's the Silver LeBron All-Star game. And then you're going to play something else that's really stupid. You're going to clear the score after every quarter and then do something out of formula or whatever. Smith is rolling over in his grave over you idiots because it's stupid. Why are you doing that, NBA? I want to bring back the Globetrotters because what you're doing is not more any more exciting than the Globetrotters playing the generals. Not any more exciting than that. Because you give us nothing to cheer for. You don't allow us from the East to cheer against 
the West. You don't allow that. That's the game. We're playing as teams. It's competitive. We want to see our, our, our conference do better than the other conference. Don't you realize that? We just don't want to see 12 players play against 12 players. That's a pickup game. We don't want to see that. Why should we look? Look, why should we cheer? Baseball even makes it so that if you, the team that wins the All-Star game has an advantage as far as as far as the um, home games versus visit, uh, games you play on the road because they want the leagues to be competitive. You don't want the leagues. Why don't you just get rid of the leagues? Get rid of the two conferences. Get, get rid of them. They wash them all out. And then let's let the top teams, no matter where they come from, be able to be in the playoffs. And you, and you see how well that will go over. It won't go over well because you give no, people nothing to shoot. You don't. It's terrible. Okay. So, anyhow, that's my little pet peeve, Gary. So, I have to jump all over this. I guess. Okay. And this will turn into the All-Star Game podcast, which means when the All-Star Game starts, we can't talk about this. But uh, there's two reasons why this is happening. Uh, mm-hmm. The first reason, you know, and this is just, you know, just 100% honest, you know, move away from LeBron James. But this allows uh, the players to communicate with with other players, and we get some of the drama that happens during the summer. Because if you remember last year, or, or not last year, a few years ago, uh, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving were key keying it up, you know, uh, you know, in the hallways, and they say, "Oh, they're gonna be, you know, all star teammates." It just creates a drama that they want, and and they're okay with guys playing on certain teams because it may give guys an idea to play together. And that's what they want to promote now. I completely agree with you that it, that they've gotten rid of the conferences, but the real reason is because, and this started years ago, and they're finally getting exactly what they wanted. A lot of the younger fans, they don't cheer for the teams. They cheer for individuals. And the reason why is because guys don't stick on the same team. So there's no need to cheer for a team. You cheer for an individual. So the people that are happy right now are the LeBron fans. Most of the people who are Laker fans, you know, I would say about 50% of the new fans, you know, of the young generation, they are not Laker fans. They are LeBron fans or they are Kobe Bryant fans. So because of that, they don't have a problem with this format. Because if LeBron wins, that's their favorite player, they're happy. I agree with you that it should go back to the way that it used to be, which is how it is in football, where we cheer for teams, not individuals. We're not cheering, you know, if you're a Bengals fan, you're not a, you know, you may not be a Joe Burrow fan. You're a Bengals fan. That's not how it is in the NBA. And that's been gone in the NBA since the end of the Michael Jordan era which I believe is why the ratings are down because you're not cheering for a team. You're cheering for an individual. And in the all-star game, because it's a game that doesn't really matter in their eyes, they don't really care how the format is. They just want the game to be competitive and they want to create more drama. And I think they're failing on both accounts because bottom line of it is it was fun when we knew that the my New York Knicks had to play against a guy by the name of Jerry West and another guy by the name of Eldon Baylor from the West. That was drama. That was exciting. Right now, you could have Jerry West and Walt Frazier and Wilt Chamberlain and pick another player all on the same team. 
<laughs> so it's like, what is that? West could be on one. Jerry West could be on one team. His teammate, Alvin Baylor, could be on the other cup. It's no, that's a pickup game. That is not what we will. will, will that's not what we want. It's stupid. It has make, makes no sense whatsoever. No sense whatsoever to do this other than to appease certain certain people who are running the league right now, and they have to understand that they they may be running the league right into the ground, right into the ground. And it's it's sad because you, once once you get to a certain point, it's like being on the Titanic. Once you see the iceberg, it's too late to turn. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's like, ah, oh, why is the iceberg? Yeah, it is, but you're gonna hit it. <laughs> you're gonna hit it. Why is the iceberg? I gotta turn. Uh, it's a little too late. Uh, you can turn, but you're still gonna hit it. And that's what they're doing. And it's not good. It is not good. And so. Anyhow, that's my little pet peeve for for today. We, well, no, Gary, we'll, well, let we'll, me we'll let me throw something. Offside, let me say something else real quick. With the winning, you win a quarter, and because I haven't even that that one. Well, cover that another day. That, well, let me jump beyond, in real quick. That's beyond stupid. Go, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Because because there's one other thing that I want to mention before we get off this topic, because I think it's important to bring this up as well, is the fact that the main reason why. You know, and the start of it is when they got rid of divisions. Because mm. we remember, you know, and when it was the Pacific, the the the, the Midwest, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the South, all that stuff, they got rid of that and it got rid of rivalries as well. Which is another reason why, you know, these guys have no problem joining forces, playing with you know, with each other, all that stuff. There's no rivalries in the NBA anymore. So that also takes away from the fanfare and you know, they look at it as a pickup game. And they're doing it this way because they they think the players will be more, uh, uh, you know, they'll try to compete more if they don't, you know, if they try to win each quarter until the fourth quarter and then whatever garbage it ha- ha- happens. I'm not going to watch the All-Star game. I'm going to say it right now. I probably won't watch it. And if I do watch it, it will be the last three or four minutes because it's, it's not interesting to me. Uh, yeah. But I do want to see – you know, who gets picked where. But I also want to make this point as well. I think they need to stop doing it with the guy that gets the most votes. I think it's ridiculous that LeBron James every year gets to pick first just because he's, because the, uh, the NBA puts the most money behind LeBron James and a lot of people vote for him. I don't think that sh- should be the case at all. I think it should change every year. I think one of the starters – should be the captains every year just to make it different every time because this is the, this is the second uh, second time that we're going to have Durant and LeBron on screen and the second time Durant won't play so you know it's uh you got to make some changes and hopefully they will soon so Gary any other interesting uh items you like to talk about cuz the show is uh, running yes. a little long already go, go ahead oh yes i would like to talk about the Brooklyn Nets real quick they've lost i believe seven straight games and they've lost these games without Kevin Durant on the team. Mm-hmm. And what they need to uh, figure out is it's not just Brooklyn because we all thought that, you know, the Lakers and Nets would be, the, you know, the favorites. And, you know, the Lakers got a good win against the Knicks, I guess. But, yeah, oh, man, I become a, oh, okay. You beat the Knicks. Right. Oh, boy. Right. Yay. And right. overtime. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah, it's bad, right? But the Brooklyn Nets have to seriously think about trading James Harden for Ben Simmons. Because what I'm seeing from James Harden 
is what we were seeing in Houston from James Harden, where he's just not trying. Mm. And and when he doesn't try, it just ruins the whole team. And you can see it, it's all over his face. He's not really trying. He's he's not really caring. And I get it. Ben Simmons has kind of the same problem. He, he doesn't really show that, you know, that he's trying either. However, uh Ben Simmons I think is a better fit for the Brooklyn Nets and let him you know, and let James Harden go to Philly and never win a championship because unfortunately James the way James Harden plays you know, he needs to have a guy better than him on his team to take most of the shots. And unfortunately, because Embiid's the center, that won't be the case. But I think Brooklyn needs to seriously think about that. And I think the Lakers, um, a team that we, you know, that the media always talks about, they need to, unfortunately, they may have to just stay pat because they can't get rid of the guy they need to get rid of. Uh, I think it'll be very interesting uh, when the trade deadline comes around. Uh, what teams are going to do what, because there's a lot of teams that are kind of just bunched in there. And I want to see what team makes the quote-unquote uh, buy move. Well, Gary, so talking about the uh, Lakers, you know, they, um, they're they going to have to make a move with uh, Russell Westbrook. I mean, I, he played the other night against, well, against the Knicks. I saw the game. It was ugly. I mean, I've never seen – no, I said this before. But now I can say that I've seen it twice from the same person. That is, he took a shot from the side and hit the side of the top of the backboard. I mean, I don't even know how you do that. You know, I, I mean, if you wanted to do that, I, I mean, I, I took a lot of practice shots and took a lot of shots in games. I don't know how a person to do that. And to do it twice in his turnovers, he's playing like a person who uh, – you know, it's, it's you know, I, I know it's sad. He, his confidence is like really leaving him so rapidly, and he doesn't want to shoot sometimes, and then other times he just wants to. Pass. It's it's really getting to be ugly. And if it weren't for Monk, they would have lost against the Knicks. Uh, Monk got like twenty eight or twenty nine. LeBron got twenty eight twenty. They all got like twenty eight twenty nine to offset Randall's thirty something and and RJ Bennett's Barnett's uh, thirty something. It, it was. I almost felt sorry for Russell Westbrook, but I didn't. But I said I almost did because it was that ugly. And I think they're going to have to make a move there and somehow get someone else because Monk can actually carry the load um, a lot better, quite frankly. And he play, He has a lot of confidence. There's nothing, uh, <laughs> no lack. He's not shy. And he he's a good player overall. I'm very impressed by Monk. They're going to have to do something there. And and as far as the, the Nets are concerned, they, yes, they're out of tailspin. They lost – They've only won two games out of the last ten games, and so it's it's uh, they're falling very rapidly. But then you look at some of the cream, you look at the 76ers. I think the leader for MVP right now would be Embiid. Embiid's the, the league leading scorer, averaging 29 points a game. Now, granted, if LeBron had played more games, LeBron would be the, the qualified and would thus be the leading scorer in the NBA at this point. That's something and Durant. To be said for. And Durant. Uh, that's something to be said for a 20, 20, 37-year-old. Uh, but Embiid is the number nine rebounder in the league as well. And I think probably, in my estimation, should be the most feared player in the game right now. I think he's riding that type of a hire at this point. And, yes, the Greek freak is doing his, his thing, getting about 28.9 points a game. and He's seventh in the, in the league in rebounds. He's, but he's also won some MVPs already. The Joker's having a solid year. He's second in the league in rebounds at 13.7, and he's still getting about eight assists a game and getting 26 points a game. You know, those guys are, are right up there 
and Luca's having a good year uh, as as well. Typical Luca year: twenty six points a game, about nine nine rebounds a game, twentieth best in the league, nine point one assists a game. So those guys are having great years, and let's not forget John ja, ja Morant, who is absolutely on fire now, averaging about twenty six point four points a game. He's moved up to like number five on that list, getting about seven assists a game, and the team is doing his team is doing you know, very very. Well, they're number three in the league right now, uh, seven and three over the last ten games. Uh, but the, the Lakers, I, I, once again, I'm not impressed. I think Morant, they've got Monk is saving them. That's that's their wild card, and he is really playing excellent basketball. But the hottest two teams in the league, Suns, they've won nine out of their last ten, tied with the Warriors. They've won nine out of their last ten. And both teams are the only two teams in the NBA with over 40 wins at this juncture. And they're doing very well. But you look at the Grizzlies. If the Grizzlies were in the Eastern Conference, they would be number one. And so that's – you have to tip your hat off to John Morant and the other players on that team. They have a solid squad, uh, very very impressive squad. And then the hottest team in the East, <laughs> the Browns are going to take note of this. The Cleveland Cavaliers are the hottest team in the East. They're 32 and 21, and they're fourth in fourth place right now. Um, hottest team in the East. No, I'm sorry, second hottest team in the East. The Hawks have run eight out of the last ten. And apparently, um, I can't think of who they're playing against, but uh, Trey Young got like 43 points against them the other night. Oh, I think it was Golden State. Um, you know, they're they're starting to click again. They seem to be a second-half team, you know, second-half-of-the-year team, but they did the same thing last year. But we'll see what kind of run they're on. They they're, they're still have a losing record. They're 25-27. and 27. But they're coming up strong. And then the teams that are poor, the, the bad teams are the bad teams. Wizards have lost uh, – have won two games out of ten. Uh, the Knicks have won two games out of ten. You know, so the, those teams are just bad, you know, so and, and not getting any better. And so the cream is rising and the rest is falling. Um, let's see what the Clippers and Timberwolves can do. As, as I, I'm surprised the Clippers are doing as well as they're doing, even though they're only at 500. But they are, you know, without two of the best players in the NBA. <laughs> they're still hanging in there around 500. And because the West is so weak, the Pelicans are in the 11th position. <laughs> you know, so, and they've lost, they've lost 32 games. And so... Um, that's my basic overview of the, of the of the league at this point, Gary. And uh, you have the normal characters leading their respective categories. Chris Paul is leading the league in assists, ten point four a game, and Gobert is increasing his lead over in rebounds with fifteen point one. I'm so happy once again that he made the the All Star team. I think that was not in doubt. I would have had him on the first team, but uh, he, he's having a great year. Now, I mentioned that the Suns and the Warriors are leading the West. Uh, the Suns have the best record in basketball. The East, I've been talking about them all year. Those Chicago Bulls are tied with the Heat for the best record in the East. Don't forget to subscribe.